0: Welcome back to another edition of the Boilers Extra Podcast on this Saturday evening on the road back to Lafayette after Purdue takes care of Michigan State seventy five to seventy in the semifinals of the Big Ten tournament in Indianapolis. Mike Carmen, your podcast host for this evening. And uh, before we recap what happened and also try to look ahead to what might happen Sunday along with uh, the NCAA tournament, Uh, I was going to do a a podcast last night or at least early this morning, uh, but my battery in my phone just died and it wouldn't recharge. Uh, So I I spent most of the morning... uh, getting the phone fixed getting my battery fixed or getting a new battery basically at the uh the fine folks at cpr phone repair in indianapolis uh they're located on new jersey street uh they took care of me got my phone up and running and i'm now back in communication with the world but for basically the overnight and into almost till noon uh, I was uh, kind of out of touch <laughs> with with the world uh, which is extremely scary to know how much that we've we depend on our phones and electronic devices now to be helpless from a commu- communication standpoint uh, is just awful and when your job depends on it it's even worse. But anyway, all's well. It ends well, and it ended well, although I had to, had to pay, pay some money to get it done. But that's, that's what happens in the world. Um, before we kind of recap what's gone on the first two days of the Big Ten tournament, um, I, just, I wanted to start just kind of by looking ahead to what, what may happen with the NCAA tournament seedings uh, for Purdue. Uh, I'm of the opinion at this point that regardless of what happens Sunday, Purdue is in its spot. Now, what that spot is, uh, is probably up for a little bit of a debate. Um, this much, I think, we're, I'm confident in saying Purdue is either a two-seed or a three-seed. And that's not like breaking news to anybody. Uh, that's that's kind of where they're at now. It does, I mean, the seeds don't matter. It's the matchups that matter. But the seeds come into play as far as where you play, uh, because they do put teams at least uh, when when you look at the top uh, sixteen seeds or the top four seeds in each region. Uh, they do place those teams closer to home, and it's a it's pretty much a straight geography situation unless there's another conference team involved. Uh, in that so where will Purdue play what region will they be in um, it, it depends if there are two or three to be honest you know I think the best right now Purdue can do is probably be the last number two seed you know they maybe they they might be, Um, they might get one spot higher but I I think when you look at the overall seeds you know when the NCAA committee did its mock uh, reveal uh, last month you know I think Purdue was the number 7 seed overall and that put them in Chicago uh, in the Midwest regional and would put them in Indianapolis for the first and second rounds um if Purdue is the seven number seven seed overall, though they stand a pretty good chance of getting uh, to Chicago or being placed in the Midwest region, it's uh, still starting in Indianapolis. If they're the last number two seed or the number eight seed overall, most likely Purdue would be placed in the West region uh, with Gonzaga as the number one seed. And then whoever the number two uh, seed is or number three seed is after that Uh, which you can debate whether being a number two out west uh, would you rather be a number three in the midwest a number two out west i don't think it matters you gonna have to play somebody good at some point anyway i mean if you're looking for an easy pass it ain't happening um this term is filled with potholes. It's filled with upsets. It's filled with a lot of things. And it's filled with talented teams. It's filled with teams that can beat Purdue. Uh, but it's also filled with teams that Purdue can beat. Uh, but the Purdue has a better chance. If, if, you're, if you're interested in seeing Purdue play close to home, then the path you want is Indianapolis first and second round and then Chicago for the. Uh, regional, but if you just want them to have maybe the best matchup, you might you might get a better matchup going to going out west if you can get by your first and second round games. If Purdue is the if Purdue is the number three seed, I, I think they would have the path from Indy to Chicago. I think they would be placed in the Midwest unless there would be a Big Ten team sitting with the number two seed. And the only Big Ten team that could be sitting seated higher than Purdue right now would be Wisconsin. But that probably went out the door when Wisconsin lost to Michigan State in the uh, uh, quarterfinals of the Big Ten tournament. Um, and, you know, when you look at resumes and you look at all that, and you're probably wondering, well, Wisconsin beat Purdue twice, they shouldn't they be seated higher? No. You know, believe it or not, the NCAA really doesn't look at head-to-head matchups. They look at everything but head-to-head matchups. Um, so that's where kind of Purdue. I, I think that's where Purdue's at right now, either a number two or a number three. I, I don't. Again, I don't think what matter what happens Sunday against Iowa really matters. Uh, I don't think Purdue could could jump over a bunch of teams. Um, now, if you had just had utter chaos. Uh, like I, I I don't know what's going on in the in the Pac-12 championship game right now. Uh, I do know that Duke is losing as as I speak, losing the Virginia Tech. You know that could that could move Purdue up, but you know you have to understand that you know we're we're less than 24 hours away from the reveal, and while they continue to go over all this stuff. You know, at some point you got to make a decision and get the bracket ready. And when you're playing a 3:30 game on a Sunday afternoon, and the selection shows at six, you can't wait till 5:30 to do it. So you got to have things done ahead of time. And I, I would again, I, I think I'm safe in saying that Purdue's probably in its spot right now, and I don't think what happens on Sunday is going to change that. And I, I would probably say the same thing for Iowa. I, I don't think. If Iowa beats Purdue, I don't think Iowa's going to move up a lot, if, if at all. Maybe, you know, they might move up one spot depending on where they are. Uh, but I, I just don't think Purdue is going to be able to, um, you know, if you think that Purdue can leapfrog teams and get a number one seat, you know, if Kansas and uh, Arizona and Duke and some of these teams lose, Kentucky – I just don't see that happening right now I just don't think that you make that kind of jump that late uh, again they, they got to get the bracket set they got to get it going um, and, and everything needs to be in place pretty much so you know they're gonna play Iowa for the championship you know they missed out on on winning the regular season so this becomes an important uh, game for Purdue uh, just to try to, to win a tournament to try to Nothing will make up for for not winning the Big Ten regular season championship, uh, but this, you know, if Purdue can fill out these next three days, or you know, get some momentum from these three games, and that can carry them uh, into the NCAA tournament, then it'll be it'll be worthwhile. You know, Purdue hasn't played. Uh, they're still trying to play a little bit more consistently. Uh, I thought Saturday they did that a little bit better uh, than they did against Penn State. You know, they got off to uh, you know a good start on, on Saturday. They did get a you know a good. They got a double digit lead, um, but they should have closed out the first half a little bit better. Uh, and then the second half, back and forth little bit you know Purdue takes control and then yeah, you know the drill by now you know the, the, the team the team that Purdue's playing is going to come back and and uh and make a run you know that's just what happens uh and they did and Michigan State got within one and then as you know Eric Hunter hit a couple big threes and then Travion found him on a on a on a dive to the to the basket for two and all of a sudden Purdue's in control again and those were the those were the key plays in the game, along with Jade Nivey just kind of going 100 mile an hour with the ball in his hands. He is the fastest college player I've seen with the ball in his hands, and I, I don't know when. And he's well, he's not under he's not under control all the time, but uh, the way that he can twist his body, the way that he can draw contact, the way he can do all that stuff is just you know you can't teach that. He just does it naturally. Uh, and he's been doing it for so long. Uh, you know, he gets knocked to the ground. He gets, you know, he's trying to get a foul called. They're not going to call everything, uh, but you know, Jade Nivey, you know, did Jade, Jade Nivey things on Saturday. The bigs, you know, were productive. Zach Eady had a double double. Travion had 15 points, three assists. All those assists to Eric Hunter, Uh, and then you know Mason Gillis had ten, and Purdue had five in double figures. You know that's how they win. That's how they need to win. They need to have they need to have a balanced attack. They need they need others contributing, and you know that's what happened today. And that's when Purdue's been good. uh, That's that's what happens. And. You know, from the first game against Michigan State, Purdue only had one three-pointer. They had eight today. Um, Kept their turnovers down. They had 17 in the first game against Michigan State. They had nine today. So they gave themselves eight more opportunities to shoot and score. And you you can't go back and say, well, these are the eight that they got. No. They had eight more opportunities, and they took advantage of it. Uh, and that's and again. It it's reemphasizes once again when Purdue doesn't turn the ball over, they they are good offensively. They get more cracks at it. Whether it's Ivy, whether it's Hunter, whether it's Williams, whether it's Edie, whether it's Stavanovic, you know, whomever. Uh, so when they get they get more cracks at it, they're they're, they're going to be better offensively. And that's why you know those turnovers are, are big when it when it comes to when it comes to Purdue. They're just huge. And this was the second game where a team had pulled within one late and Purdue just kind of took off. Uh, They did it against Penn State Friday night. They know that Ivy scored six of the last nine points. They did it it, uh, against Michigan State. That's when Hunter hit his threes and then got that dive to the basket and he had a run and Purdue had the lead, and Purdue felt good. Excuse me, felt good about where it was, where it was headed in that game. Um, but you know, they're still trying to find that consistent level of play. Um, again, some you know, a lot of positives from the game that they can use. You know, they've they've uh, you know, there's, some, there's a train of thought with these conference tournaments that if you don't you don't need to win it, it's okay to get beat early. It's okay to get a couple of days off, like Illinois, they lost Friday at, you know, by 2 o'clock they were done, and they were on their way home to get rest and get ready for the tournament. It may help them, it may not. Uh, produce Case is a little bit different. You know, they really didn't need to get beat early, they didn't, they didn't need the time off per se. Um, they just need to get themselves headed in the right direction with the turnovers, hitting free throws, trying to be better defensively, to put themselves in a position to to make a run here in March. And, you know, I felt like these first two games have, have done that a little bit. You got, as you know, great contributions from Brandon Newman, who hadn't played in a month. Um, uh, with 12 points on on friday uh, you know the crowd embraced him it was a nice moment for brandon who's been who's been struggling to get on the floor been waiting to get an opportunity and and he did it he did it he had his first shot he had his next shot his third shot he had his fourth shot uh really gave him a lift and purdue probably doesn't win that game against penn state without him You know, tonight he he didn't hit a shot. I think it was over six, uh, but did come up with a steal. Uh, And I think his presence defensively was was important. But, you know, Brandon's a guy that plays to his offense. And, you know, he's trying to not do that as much. He's trying to be productive when he's in there, not just from a scoring standpoint, but can you be productive defensively? Can you make the right pass at the right time? Uh, Can you get a key rebound? Uh, you know, there's no, there's no question that Brandon Newman can help this team in the tournament. Uh, but, you know, a lot of the onus is on him for not getting himself on the floor, you know, before Friday. And I, you know, everybody wants to point the finger, Painter, uh, for not playing him. But, you know, I'm not at practice. I'm not at practice every day. You're not at, you're not at practice every day. You know, you, we have no idea what goes on in those circumstances. To say whether Brandon Newman should be playing or not, but he did get in the game today again, which was a good sign, um, and he 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 will have fresh legs for the tournament. While everybody else has played a lot of minutes, he hasn't, and whether that can be whether that can be beneficial to Purdue only remains to be seen. Uh, but there's a lot of things that Brandon Newman can do to help this team and uh, a lot of it doesn't you know has nothing to do with shooting. Yes, he can he can shoot, he can score, but it, you know if he could become that alpha dog defender that Purdue needs, that would be beneficial. Um, if he'd hit the boards, then when he has an opportunity to make free throws, make the free throws, um, and just don't let everything go through your offense. But he could become a valuable peace to this team as they get in the ncaa tournament but you know you have to you have to be productive in the minutes that you're in there and not everything can center around your shooting but it was a it was a good sign that newman was in the game uh and you know i I assume he'll play on on sunday against iowa however, however many minutes i don't know but um but it just it gives them another weapon. Now, uh, while, while Newman played, Caleb First did not play Friday. Uh, so, you know, you kind of have to mix and match. And, there, and the reason Newman played was, A, Stefanovic got in foul trouble, but, B, Penn State's a guard-oriented team. And they, they have mostly guards out there. And Caleb First would not have been able to match up very well with Penn State's guards on, from a defensive standpoint. Uh, so that 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 was most that was ma- the major reason why Caleb didn't play and, and Newman did, uh, and uh, you know Brandon's a bigger guard, you know, and maybe you know they you know they thought that that would help Purdue in trying to match up with them. Uh, match up and state it worked, uh, uh, be- not only because Newman scored, but also he did some other things uh, there. But you know Purdue's depth is still going to be a. A big thing for for Sunday, but also uh, as they get into the tournament, you know they they're going to have to lean on those guys on the bench to to keep to keep pushing this thing forward. I, they got outscored on the bench points today. Uh, the second half, from a defensive standpoint against Michigan State, you know Michigan State scored a gob of points in the paint, and it looked a little bit too easy at times. Uh, I mean, you're going to find teams in the NCAA tournament that are just going to go all out and, and and try to get in the paint with dribble penetration. Uh, Purdue's got to put up a wall. They've got to they've got to figure out how to slow teams down, uh, make make opponents jump shooters. Uh, but you know, we're 30 some games into the season. How much is that really going to change? But you know, Michigan State. Uh, getting a lot of paints in the point in the second half is a concern for Purdue as uh, they get ready for Sunday but also they get ready for uh, the NCAA tournament. Rebounding, I think they're still in good shape from a rebounding standpoint. They had uh, 19, I believe, second chance points today and those were big. Uh, Of course, the turnovers were big. Uh, So, uh, they put themselves in a good position. Now they're in the championship game. They're going to play Iowa for the third time. They've beaten Iowa twice. Uh, had to hold on at Mackey Arena after getting up by, I believe it was 17 or 19 points. Uh, and then, you know, took care of business uh, out in Iowa City. Keegan Murray didn't play in the first game. Uh, and I believe he got in some foul trouble in, in game number two. Uh, but the one thing that Iowa will do to Purdue and they do to other teams is they're going to they're gonna put five guards out there on the floor. They're going to they're going to attack Purdue's defense off the dribble. They're going to run action for for uh, Keegan Murray to get some threes. I think he had 32 points uh, against Indiana today. Uh, just a tremendous performance uh, by him. And you know he's a, he's a bonafide NBA player. So you've got Jaden Ivey and Keegan Murray on the floor. Uh, you know Purdue's going to have to do a really good job rebounding. One one reason why Iowa has been so effective these last. Uh, 10 to 12, 13 games is what they've done on the boards. They've they've rebounded the ball really well, um, and getting second chance points and making defensive stops by by getting the rebound. You know, Purdue's going to have to be at its best rebounding wise against uh, against Iowa on Sunday uh, in order to uh, get the uh, Big Ten tournament uh, championship. Uh, so. You know, we'll be, a, you know, with really nothing on the line from an NCAA standpoint, it will be interesting to see how that all plays out, uh, you know, because you, you do get to the championship game. You know, Purdue's motivated to, to get um, a tournament title to cut down some nuts, but Iowa's the same way too. You know, Iowa wants to keep its good play going. And, you know, they had a wild game with IU today. Uh, but and they'll be playing their fourth game in four days. Purdue will be on number three, but you know I think you know both teams uh, won't hold anything back, and you know they're gonna they're gonna go after go after a victory Sunday uh, down in Indianapolis. So, uh, but again, you know from an NCAA standpoint, don't think much changes with Purdue. I think there'll be a two or a three. Um, and I, I don't think the outcome of Sunday's game really, really will change a whole lot. Again, you, they, they'll slide up and down a little bit, maybe, depending on who's winning and who's losing. Uh, you know, and the committee will have a couple of brackets ready to go if they need to, or they're just going to be comfortable with what they have. Uh, so, but yeah, we'll we'll be back after uh, Sunday, Sunday's game, and the NCAA selection process to. To break down what happened uh, in the in the championship game, but also kind of look ahead to produce path uh, in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I joked with some Iowa writers that uh, that David Bell might show up on uh, Sunday just to lend his support and torment uh, torment uh, Iowa one more time from the stands, uh, based on his performances against. uh, Iowa's football team during his career Uh, I think that would make the Hawkeye fans pretty uneasy if David Bell was right there in the crowd uh, with his Iowa Hex uh, really going on uh, to try to disrupt the Hawkeyes but Iowa's playing very well very very well they've um, you know I'm sure you know but Jordan Bohannon banked in a three uh, with .8 seconds to go to win it for the Hawkeyes Uh, it was funny, uh, on Friday before the Purdue game, they were watching the end of the um, Wisconsin-Michigan State game uh, outside uh, their locker room. Uh, there's, there's a big video board uh, right near one of the tunnels as you go out on, into the field house. And uh, I, don't, I forget who was shooting the ball, I think maybe a Wisconsin player. Uh, and it was still like a one-possession game, and one of the Purdue players yelled bank when one of the Wisconsin guys shot it. And that, so uh, I found that a little bit humorous. You know, the pain of that shot probably is still resonating with, with the Boilermakers, and part of them were probably open to play Wisconsin to try to take some of that out. Uh, but that's that's kind of been the story of the season for Purdue. Uh, they put themselves in a position where you can get beat on a last second second shot. Uh, and you know, to be honest, both the games at the tournament for Purdue, both of them seem to be headed that way. Once uh, Penn State and um, Penn State and Michigan State got back in the game, and I thought, okay, here we go. We're gonna we're, we're headed for uh, another another last-second basket, and I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Sunday uh, it's the it's the it's the exact same thing. Uh, where, uh, it might come down to the, to the, to the last, uh, to last possession. Alright, well we appreciate you stopping by. Um, and again, we'll be back after Sunday to wrap up the championship game, but also look ahead to, to what happens, uh, with the NCAA tournament for the, uh, Purdue men. The Purdue women, uh, will likely be playing in the WNIT. Uh, that announcement will be made uh, after the women's selection show, which starts at eight, uh, so around nine o'clock or so, we should find out uh, that the women have been invited. But I, I don't think the matchups are going to be known at, at that time. I, I think they'll probably wait till Monday to announce the matchups for the the, the WNIT. The, the Purdue has put in a bid to host games, uh, and they should host games. Uh, and a lot, I would assume, will depend on when the men play. Because uh, you don't want to be playing at the same time. Uh, if you want to draw any fans to, uh, to watch the WNIT in uh, Katie Gerald's uh, first season, which is quite an accomplishment based on when she took over, what she took over, uh, and how she's kind of pieced this season together uh, for, for this team to play in a postseason tournament. It's not the big one, but it's still a postseason tournament. Uh, you know, it, it shows you the strides uh, that they've made and uh, good things should start happening for the, the women's team uh, at a higher level uh, over the next couple years. All right, well, we appreciate you stopping by. Uh, have a good day, and again, be back after uh, the tournament championship game and the uh, selection show to kind of recap you know, what happened and what's next for Purdue.